Learn to Lead, Volume 1, Chapter 1. Chapter Outline. In this chapter, you will learn about 1.1. Introduction. America Needs Leaders. Welcome to Leadership. 1.2. Leadership begins with character, the warrior spirit, the core values, awareness, discipline, and attitude, the cadet oath. 1.3. The Air Force Tradition, Military Customs and Courtesies, the Uniform, Drill and Ceremonies, the Chain of Command. 1.4. Conclusion. Review Quiz. Chapter 1 Goals 1. Defend the idea that character is a prerequisite for leadership. 2. Develop an understanding of, and appreciation for, Air Force leadership traditions. Study Tip Pay special attention to the objectives listed throughout the chapter. They identify what we want you to learn. If you're comfortable responding to the objectives, you should earn a high score on the chapter test. Objective 1. Explain why America needs leadership. 1.1. Introduction. America needs leaders. To remain a strong nation, America needs leaders who stand up for what is right. We need leaders who put the team's needs ahead of their own. Our nation will always face problems, so we need leaders who think creatively. And we need leaders whose skills of persuasion motivate others to follow their lead. Leaders propel America forward. Without leadership, even the most technologically advanced military will stumble, as will every school, business, and squadron, every church, club, and family. America's continued success depends on today's young people becoming the leaders we need them to be. Welcome to leadership. What is leadership? How can a cadet become a leader? This textbook helps cadets answer those questions and more. It follows the tradition of the U.S. Air Force in its belief that everyone can develop their leadership potential through careful study and hands-on training. Although everyone can develop leadership skills, leaders remain a rare breed. Having an ability to lead sets you apart. People will look to you to get things done. Your advice will be sought after from people who are faced with tough problems. Your self-confidence will not only help you succeed, it will energize the people around you. No matter what you go on to do as an adult, you will find your cadet leadership experience invaluable. A leader's first steps. A cadet's study of leadership begins slowly at first. The first step in this journey is learning how to lead yourself. This includes learning how to contribute to a team, how to wear the uniform, how to drill, and how to follow the guidance of the leaders above you. Therefore, this first volume in the cadet leadership program is called personal leadership. As your experiences grow, you will become ready to take charge of a team and eventually to lead multiple teams and see complex projects through to their successful completion. Work hard. Take your leadership training seriously. Listen to your leaders and rise to the challenge represented by the Air Force uniform you wear. Source of leadership. A person's leadership ability comes from two sources, their natural talent and their leadership education, training and experience. If anyone can be a leader, why are leaders so rare? Maybe it's because leadership requires hard work or because leadership requires an uncommon willingness to put the team's needs ahead of one's own. 1.2. Leadership begins with character. Any study of the art of leadership should begin with its most important element, character. A good leader leads by example. How a leader acts is infinitely more important than how he thinks or what he says. Leaders take their character seriously and are guided by what the Air Force calls the warrior spirit. The warrior spirit. Objectives. 2. 
Explain what a warrior is in the context of the warrior spirit. 3. Describe the hallmarks of the warrior spirit. 4. Identify three benefits of having a warrior spirit. The warrior spirit is a condition of the heart. The Air Force describes it as tough-mindedness and tireless motivation. A warrior is someone whose strong character enables them to make sacrifices for the team and achieve their long-term goals. Warriors defend something valuable, their personal honor. Having a warrior spirit means that you make a promise to yourself that you will not lie, cheat, or steal, even if everyone else commits those wrongs. Why does the warrior spirit matter? Like a muscle, the warrior spirit grows stronger as you exercise it. By overcoming small challenges in your daily life, you strengthen your character so that when something unnerving happens to you one day, you'll be ready for it emotionally and spiritually. Some of the benefits of striving for a warrior spirit include clear conscience, break promises, and soon you'll see yourself as being a liar. Guilt will weigh you down. Having a warrior spirit means your conscience is clear. You'll enjoy freedom from shame and embarrassment, and you'll take pride in your actions. Good reputation. People who display a warrior spirit build good reputations. They earn trust and respect by doing the right thing, and their leaders take note. A good reputation opens doors that are close to people whose sense of honor is questionable. Environment of trust and respect. If you and the people around you display the warrior spirit, you will be creating an environment of trust and respect. This translates into a life that is less stressful and more rewarding. Friendships will be stronger. You and the people in your circle will be more successful because the warrior spirit is motivating everyone to do their best. Trust and respect. Cadets rely upon one another. By striving to exude a warrior spirit, they create an environment of trust and respect. The core values. Objectives. 5. Describe what core values are. 6. Identify and describe each of CAP's four core values. 7. Defend the idea that a cadet's character ought to be held to a high standard. The warrior spirit comes down to doing the right thing. But what is that thing which values should we give priority to so that our lives are honorable? Borrowing from the Air Force, Civil Air Patrol has identified four core values to guide every cadet and officer. What are core values? The core values are the four basic qualities CAP expects all members to display at all times. Integrity first, volunteer service, excellence in all we do, and respect. They are to guide how we live and perform CAP missions. Our success in everything we do hinges on how well we embrace the core values. Simply put, the core values are the price of admission to CAP. List every great quality you want to see in a cadet or in a leader. Put the list aside, and when you come back to it you will think of even more great qualities to add. It would be impossible for even 100 core values to describe the rich traditions of cadet life. Our four values represent the basics and are easy to remember. They are like road signs giving us basic directions on our journey. Core values explained. To truly embrace the core values, we need to consider what each one means. Integrity first. Integrity is the willingness to do what is right, even when no one is looking. Think of it as a moral compass or inner voice guiding your every decision. A person of integrity is honest and morally courageous. They can be counted on to fulfill their responsibilities, even in difficult circumstances. They don't blame others for their mistakes, and they don't take credit for someone else's work. Integrity is the cornerstone of military service. Volunteer service. 
This core value teaches us that the needs of the team and of the people we help take priority over our individual wants and desires. To put it even more simply, volunteer service is about selflessness. It's the difference between giving and taking. This core value is especially important because CAP is entrusted with performing life-saving missions. Volunteer service is also evident when experienced cadets mentor and train new cadets. Excellence in all we do. Being a cadet means you value excellence. No matter what challenge is facing you, you will give it your best effort. If you value excellence, you demonstrate teamwork and know that teams accomplish more than individuals do. Moreover, to display this core value, you must make a commitment to continuous self-improvement. You must study, train, and work to better yourself and fulfill your potential in every aspect of your life. Respect. The core value of respect challenges cadets to defend human dignity. Someone who is respectful treats others as they would like to be treated. They are polite and kind. They assume their friends and even strangers act in good faith, so they give them the benefit of the doubt. Likewise, a respectful person understands that each individual is unique and accepts them for who they are in a spirit of tolerance. The Core Values in Religion The core values are independent of, but compatible with, the world's great religious traditions. All men and women of goodwill should be able to agree that integrity, volunteer service, excellence, and respect are important moral guideposts regardless of their personal religious beliefs. Integrity First James Bond Stockdale For over seven years during the Vietnam War, Vice Admiral James Bond Stockdale, U.S. Navy, was held as a prisoner of war in the infamous Hanoi Hilton. The North Vietnamese wanted him to talk, reveal secrets, become a pawn in their propaganda war, and they were willing to torture Stockdale to get their way. Instead, they found the admiral's integrity stronger than his body. Stockdale explains, A shoulder broken, a bone in my back broken, a leg broken twice, were peanuts compared with destroying the trustworthy, self-respecting, well-behaved man within me. For his tremendous courage, integrity, and skill in leading his fellow prisoners, Admiral Stockdale was awarded the Medal of Honor. How to Live the Core Values Objectives 8 Describe the concept of self-awareness. 9. Describe the concept of self-discipline and explain what you can do to develop it. 10. Describe the concept of attitude and explain why attitudes are contagious. 11. Describe what you can do to develop a positive attitude. What do you need to do to live the core values? What skills do you need to develop? What concepts must you understand? Self-awareness. To know how well you are living up to the ideals of the core values requires self-awareness, the ability to monitor and judge your own actions. Genuine self-awareness requires incredible honesty. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses, but it is not always easy to admit our own shortcomings, not even to ourselves. A self-aware leader understands their personal strengths and weaknesses and habitually takes stock in their actions. Moreover, a successful leader will use their self-awareness to their advantage. For example, if you know you are weak in math, you should budget more time to spend on math homework. Likewise, if you are aware that your wilderness skills are excellent, you might consider volunteering to teach classes during a squadron bivouac. Self-awareness and leadership feedback. Leaders will meet with you to discuss how you are performing as a cadet.
You'll be asked to describe what you are doing well and what leadership skills you're trying to improve upon. Participating in such an exercise will help you strengthen your sense of self-awareness. Self-discipline. The term self-discipline can be traced to the word disciple, which is a person who follows the instructions of their teacher. Discipline is all about following the right instructions so that you achieve the right goals. Self-discipline can be defined as the ability to direct your thoughts, emotions, and actions toward a meaningful purpose. In short, self-discipline is willpower. It is a deep sense of commitment. If you do not control your emotions, your emotions will control you. Recognizing this, a self-disciplined leader thinks before they act. They choose to resist sudden impulses in order to fulfill their long-term goals. A disciplined leader remains cool and collected, even in a heated debate. How can you develop your self-discipline? Cadets learn self-discipline on the drill field and by wearing their uniform to exacting standards. Other ways to increase self-discipline include strengthening your work habits, on a regular basis, trying to do something that is necessary but not fun. Search for a challenge, something you want to achieve but which might be a bit beyond your grasp, and go for it. Through self-awareness, you monitor your actions. Self-discipline takes that idea a step further by enabling you to change your behavior so that it is aligned with your long-term goals. Self-discipline is especially important for a leader because if you cannot lead yourself and control your actions, how can you be trusted to lead others? Attitude. The state of mind that lies behind your every action is called attitude. Your attitude affects how you see the world. To the person who has a negative attitude, the world is full of problems and nothing ever goes right. Every day begins with dread. Likewise, no problem is insurmountable to the person who maintains a positive attitude. They control their thoughts and feelings rather than allow negativity to imprison them. Although attitude is something that exists in your mind, it is visible to the people around you. Facial expressions, gestures, posture, and tone of voice reveal your attitude. The care you put into preparing your uniform displays your attitude as well, as do your test scores, class participation, and the overall quality of your work. It is especially important for leaders to maintain a positive attitude because all attitudes, good and bad, are contagious. In sports, the concept of the home field advantage illustrates this point. As fans cheer, their enthusiasm inspires their team, whose performance increases as a result. Young leaders, like CAP cadets, often find that a positive attitude opens doors. If your attitude is positive, people know they can work with you. Disputes may arise, but you will not become surly. For this reason, a person whose attitude is positive will frequently be selected for prestigious jobs and other opportunities over brighter, more experienced candidates whose attitudes are poor. How can you develop a positive attitude? A positive attitude begins in the realization that attitude is a choice, you can choose to be positive, or you can choose to be negative. Second, good attitudes arise from understanding. If you understand the reason for drill or wearing a uniform or any other aspect of cadet life, CEP rules and standards will be more meaningful to you. With understanding comes appreciation, and with appreciation comes a positive attitude. Choose to be positive, look for the good in every situation. A positive attitude will carry you through life's challenges. Attitude Lou Gehrig They called him the Iron Horse. His record of playing in 2,130 consecutive baseball games stood for more than 50 years, and yet, when Lou Gehrig was just 37 years old, 
doctors diagnosed him with ALS, a fatal condition affecting his nervous system. Lou knew he would die soon, and his last days would be spent in agony. What was Lou's attitude? Did he show anger toward his disease? Did he resent his lot in life? Did the iron horse seek pity? Did he give up? Lou's answer demonstrated he still had the heart of a champion. Fans, he told a sold-out Yankee Stadium, you've been reading about the bad break I got, yet I consider myself to be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Leaders are accountable. Everyone must answer for their actions, regardless of their rank. Even the president is accountable to the American people. CEP core values are moral signposts guiding you on your journey. Because each of us is human, no one is expected to perfectly embody the core values. Still, there are consequences for those who ignore them. Cadets who are dishonest, uncooperative, sloppy, and disrespectful have no place in CAP. Leaders who abuse their authority and the special trust placed in them will be held accountable. The Cadet Oath Objectives 12. Explain what an oath is 13. Recite the Cadet Oath from memory 14. Describe what the Cadet Oath means in your own words. What is an oath? An oath is a solemn promise. Oaths are usually made in public and involve promises that serve a public good. When you swear an oath, you put your personal honor and reputation on the line. When someone has a serious responsibility to fulfill, we need to hear them acknowledge the importance of their duties. When you testify in court, you swear to tell the truth. When the president assumes office, he or she swears an oath. Members of the military swear an oath when they enlist or are commissioned. Likewise, CEP cadets have an oath of their own. An oath of high ideals. The cadet oath symbolizes how serious cadets are about becoming leaders. Cadets are expected to be able to recite the cadet oath from memory. More importantly, you will need strength of character to live up to its noble tenets. The cadet oath. I pledge that I will serve faithfully in the Civil Air Patrol Cadet Program and that I will attend meetings regularly, participate actively in unit activities, obey my officers, wear my uniform properly, and advance my education and training rapidly to prepare myself to be of service to my community, state, and nation. The Cadet Oath in Context A close reading of the Cadet Oath, line by line. I pledge that I will serve faithfully in the Civil Air Patrol Cadet Program, being faithful means being true and doing what you say you will do. In this first line of the oath, you are saying that you understand what you are getting yourself into by joining CAP and that you are freely choosing to become a cadet. Can that I will attend meetings regularly. While you may need to miss a few meetings once in a while due to other commitments, you pledge to attend squadron meetings on a regular basis. Participate actively in unit activities. You promise to be enthusiastic about what cadets do. You're joining CAP because you are looking forward to great activities and naturally you intend to take part in them. Obey my officers. Here you acknowledge you don't have all the answers. You realize there are people who have more experience than you and you'll follow their guidance. You promise to listen to your leaders. But if an officer were to tell you to do something morally wrong, you would not have to obey them. Wear my uniform properly. There is a right way and a wrong way to wear the uniform. Recognizing this, you promise to represent CAP and the U.S. Air Force well by always looking sharp in uniform. Because the cadet uniform is similar to the Air Force uniform, UNIV you have a special obligation to live up to the ideals it represents. And advance my education and training rapidly. 
The word cadet can be defined as a young person in training to become a leader. Therefore, a cadet's primary job is to learn how to lead. In the cadet oath you promise to take that duty seriously. To prepare myself to be of service to my community, state, and nation. CEP is a volunteer organization whose main purpose is community service. Everything we do is altruistic, meaning that it is for the benefit of others, not ourselves personally. By participating in cadet activities, you gain from those experiences, but the overall goal is to build yourself into a responsible citizen, so America benefits too. America needs leaders who look out for the needs of the community, not their own selfish desires. A promise to defend ideals. In the Middle Ages, soldiers pledged allegiance to their duke, not to their country. In America, our oaths are made in support of noble principles and democratic ideals. For example, military officers pledge to defend the Constitution. They do not swear allegiance to the personal goals of Abe Lincoln or George Bush. Section 1.3, The Air Force Tradition Cadets follow Air Force traditions as part of their leadership training. This includes rendering military customs and courtesies, wearing the uniform, and participating in drill and ceremonies. Air Force traditions inspire cadets to take their leadership training seriously. Military Customs and Courtesies Objectives 15. Identify what is the root of all military customs and courtesies. 16. Explain why rendering customs and courtesies is not a mark of inferiority. 17. Describe how customs and courtesies affect team spirit. 18. Describe the origins of the salute. 19. Outline basic rules for rendering common military customs and courtesies. The salute. Addressing adults as Mr. or Mrs., coming to attention when an officer enters the room. Shaking hands when meeting someone. These are all examples of customs and courtesies. They are small but important expressions of politeness and mutual respect. Customs and courtesies are found in society at large, but are especially important in the Air Force and CAP traditions because they reinforce the core values. The Foundation of Military Courtesy Rooted in Politeness All military customs and courtesies are rooted in basic politeness and respect. When a cadet salutes an officer, the cadet is showing that they respect the officer's position and authority. Likewise, when an officer returns a salute, they show they respect the cadet as a valuable member of the team. Never a mark of humiliation. Military customs and courtesies are never a mark of inferiority or servility. They do not say that one person is better than the other. Saluting or coming to attention for an officer is not a form of humiliation, but of pride. Imagine how much kinder American society would be if everyone displayed the sense of respect toward one another that is symbolized by the military salute teaching tools. In the cadet tradition, military customs and courtesies are value teaching tools. Cadets strengthen their self-discipline and maintain a positive attitude by habitually and cheerfully rendering customs and courtesies. Moreover, they illustrate in a positive way how cadets differ from ordinary youth. Customs and courtesies build team spirit. History. Military customs and courtesies have developed over centuries. Theirs is a fascinating history. The salute, for example, has its origin in another time, when kings ruled, knights wore armor, and courtly manners flourished. It was the age of chivalry. The etiquette of the day dictated that should two friendly knights meet, each would raise the visor of his helmet, show his face, and pay proper respect to the other. 
Since both knights were completely clad in steel, they could recognize each other as friend or foe by the distinctive emblems and devices on their armor. Another custom that still lives. Etiquette also decreed that the knights salute with their right hands. The right hand was the sword hand, raising it was a sign of trust. Even after modern firearms had made steel armor a thing of the past, the knightly gesture of raising the right hand continued to be recognized as the proper greeting between soldiers. The salute is the simplest form of military courtesy. Centuries after its creation it remains a sign of friendship and mutual respect, basic rules for rendering military customs and courtesies. The salute. To salute the individual raises the right hand smartly up the center of the torso while at the same time extending and joining the fingers. Keep the palm flat and facing the body, forming a straight line between the fingertips and elbow. Hold the upper arm horizontal parallel to the ground. Ensure the tip of the middle finger touches the outside corner of the right eyebrow, hat visor, or glasses, with palm tilted slightly toward face. The rest of the body remains at the position of attention. To drop the salute bring the arm smoothly and smartly downward, retracing the path used to raise the arm. Cup the hand as it passes the waist and return to the position of attention. When in uniform, cadets salute military officers, CEP senior members, and cadet officers higher in rank than themselves. Salutes are normally exchanged only outdoors. Indoors, salute officers only when formally reporting. The junior person initiates the salute a fair distance from the senior person such that the senior has time to return the salute. Offer a greeting such as, good morning ma'am, when exchanging salutes. When in formation, do not salute. The commander salutes for you. When in doubt, salute. Anyone may render a salute at any time if they believe one is warranted. Coming to attention. It is customary for cadets to come to the position of attention when being addressed by an officer. If an officer who is higher ranking than anyone present enters a room, the first person to notice commands, room, attention. In a classroom or work environment, these customs are usually relaxed. Position of honor. The right is the position of honor. This stems from antiquity when warriors carried swords, usually on their right side. When walking with another cadet or an officer, it is customary for the junior person to walk on the left. Manners of address. If speaking with a cadet airman, address them as Airman Jones or Airman. If speaking with a cadet NCO, address them as Sergeant Jones or Sergeant. If speaking with a cadet chief, address them as Chief Jones or Chief. If speaking with a cadet officer, address them as Major Jones, Major, Sir or Ma'am. If speaking with a senior member, address them as Major Jones, Major, Sir or Ma'am. Reporting to an officer. When directed to report to an officer indoors, follow these steps. First, check your uniform. Look sharp when reporting. Approach the officer's door, knock twice, and wait for permission to enter. Proceed toward the officer and halt two paces from them or their desk. Salute and say, Sir, Cadet, last name, reporting is ordered. Wait for the officer to return your salute. Remain at attention, unless instructed otherwise, as you conduct your business with the officer. When the meeting is over, the officer will say, dismissed. Come to attention, if not already, and take one step backward. Salute and wait for the officer to return the salute. Perform an about face and exit the area. To report to an officer outdoors, follow the steps above, except, you will normally be wearing your cover hat. 
There will be no door for you to knock on. Simply proceed toward the officer, halt two paces in front of them, salute and report as explained above. Introducing people. It is customary to introduce people when you believe they are meeting one another for the first time. When making an introduction, the junior person is introduced to the senior. For example, Captain Jones, this is Airman Smith. Airman Smith, meet Captain Jones. The people being introduced to one another might not have military grade. As a rule of thumb, younger people are introduced to older people. For example, Mom, this is my friend Sarah. Sarah, this is my mom, Mrs. Jones. Likewise, people who lack a formal title or position of responsibility are introduced to those who do. For example, Mayor Smith, may I introduce Emily Jones? Emily, meet Mayor Smith. Of course it is polite to offer a firm handshake when making someone's acquaintance, the uniform. Objectives, 20. Describe what usefulness the uniform has as a leadership training tool. 21. Explain why the concept of image is important when wearing the uniform. 22. Defend the idea that wearing the uniform is a privilege. 23. Identify cadet grade insignia. Cadets, police officers, and McDonald's employees wear them. So do military officers, nurses, and baseball players. Uniforms build team spirit. They are a visual representation of a person's commitment to the team. They remind people of their duty and inspire them to live up to the highest standards of personal conduct. Because uniforms are unique, only CAP cadets wear the CAP cadet uniform, they are a source of pride. The uniform is the core values in cloth form. A training tool. Cadets wear uniforms as part of their leadership training. The uniform is a vehicle for learning self-discipline, personal responsibility, and self-respect. Also, to wear the uniform properly, you must pay attention to detail. Are your chevrons placed correctly? Is your back pocket buttoned? Is your nameplate on straight? Taken individually, these concerns may seem petty and nitpicky. But by paying attention to detail, you learn to value accuracy and precision. Cadets learn more than they may realize by wearing a uniform. The high privilege of wearing the uniform. How many ways are there to wear the uniform? 1. The right way. Wearing the uniform is a privilege, not a right. Because CAP is the U.S. Air Force Auxiliary and cadets wear an Air Force-style uniform, there is a special obligation to wear it properly and with pride. Image. For good or bad, one person's conduct reflects on everyone else in the group. Whenever you wear the uniform, you represent not just yourself, but all of CAP and the Air Force. If you look sharp and take pride in your appearance, you will create a positive impression. People will believe CAP is a quality organization and will regard CAP cadets as being America's finest youth. Likewise, if you look sloppy and do not put much effort into your appearance, people will believe such carelessness is the norm. They may even resent you for not living up to the ideals they expect cadets to display. 10 Tips for Looking Sharp in Uniform 1. Keep track of your insignia. Store it in a special place at home. 2. Prepare your uniform the night before you wear it. 3. Trim loose strings from buttonholes, pockets, and belt loops. 4. Use spray starch when ironing. Check the manufacturer's tag first. 5. Obtain enforcers or place cardboard behind your ribbons. 6. Look at yourself in a full-length mirror to check your appearance. 7. Keep a small handkerchief with you 
for dusting your shoes and brass. 8. Check your gig line whenever you exit a car or visit the restroom. 9. Avoid leaning against anything while in uniform. 10. Ask your wingman to tell you if they notice anything incorrect about your uniform. Uniform wear. For detailed guidance on how to wear the uniform properly, see CAPR 39-1, Civil Air Patrol Uniform Regulation. Appearance for civilians. Personal appearance is important in civilian life, too. When presenting yourself for a job interview, for example, it is important to appear neat, well-groomed, and dressed appropriately. Drill and Ceremonies Objectives 24. Explain why drill and ceremonies helps cadets develop leadership skills. 25. Demonstrate how to perform basic in-place drill commands. Through drill and ceremonies, cadets develop teamwork. A unit's performance on the drill field is a measure of the cadet's sense of self-discipline. And because drill requires attention to detail, the cadet's commitment to the core value of excellence is also on display. For these reasons, drill and ceremonies have been part of the cadet and Air Force traditions for generations. You can tell a lot about a cadet unit's attitude and state of training simply by watching them drill. What is the best way to learn drill? One step at a time. New cadets begin their training with in-place movements. Mastering the position of attention is an important first step. Gradually, more complicated movements are introduced. Eventually, cadets learn how to lead the flight in drill and command squadron formations. Training in color guard procedures and the manual of arms is also available. Eventually, as a cadet officer, you will learn how to command full-scale parades that include elaborate rituals and honors. Drill Team On the drill field, you are not just an individual, but part of the unit. Drill teaches cadets to value teamwork and precision. Training Requirements As part of your study of this chapter, you will be tested on your ability to perform the following drill and ceremonies commands. Experienced cadets will train you. For details on these commands, see the Civil Air Patrol Drill and Ceremonies Manual at gocivilairpatrol.com drill. From the Civil Air Patrol Drill and Ceremonies Manual, Chapter 3. 1. Flight, Attention. 2. Parade Rest at Ease and Rest. 3. Left Face and Right Face. 4. About face. 5. Hand salute. 6. Present arms and order arms. 7. Eyes right and ready front at the halt. From the Civil Air Patrol Drill and Ceremonies Manual, Chapter 4. 8. Fall in. 9. Fall out. 10. Dress right dress and ready front. Ambassadors in Blue, the U.S. Air Force Honor Guard. Watch the Air Force Honor Guard drill team perform and you will be inspired. The drill team uses complex drill routines to showcase the professionalism that all airmen possess. Drill team members personify the core values. A standard 16-person performance features a choreographed sequence of show-stopping weapon maneuvers, precise tosses, complex weapon exchanges, and a walk through a gauntlet of spinning weapons. The drill team also executes an incredible four-person performance centered on a stationary drill commander, flanked by team members who simultaneously hurl their 11-pound weapons over and around the commander, performing a sequence of events unmatched by any other professional military drill team. Drill team members know they represent the entire Air Force. They are ambassadors in blue, and their standard is perfection. Chain of Command Objectives 26 
Explain what a chain of command is. 27. Describe ways in which a chain of command promotes teamwork. 28. Describe what jumping the chain means and why it is to be avoided. 29. Identify the main elements of the CAP chain of command and place them in the proper sequence. Teamwork in action. No matter how talented the national commander is, a single individual cannot lead the Civil Air Patrol on their own. CAP is too big. Assistance in the form of region commanders, wing commanders, and squadron commanders aid the national commander by taking responsibility for their corner of CAP. This system in which leaders are ranked one above the other according to their status is known as the chain of command. More simply, the chain of command is the order of authority. It links the most junior cadet with every leader in CAP all the way up to the national commander. One person is responsible. While teamwork is important, the chain of command is based on the belief that final responsibility for getting a job done ought to be assigned to a single individual. The opposite of the chain of command is sometimes called leadership by committee and has a negative connotation. If everyone the committee is in charge, no one is in charge. If everyone shares responsibility for a project, no one is responsible. Benefits of having a chain of command The chain of command is useful in many ways. It makes clear who is in charge. New people know they can go to their immediate superior if they have a question or an idea. Likewise, you can expect directions to come mainly from your immediate superior versus several different leaders. The leaders in the chain of command have authority over the people in their unit, but with that authority comes responsibility. Therefore, authority and responsibility are always linked. If you get one, you get the other. Another benefit of having a chain of command is that it reinforces the idea that everyone is accountable to another leader. When the chain is functioning properly, authority and responsibility will always be linked. If you get one, you get the other. The chain in civilian society. Although the term chain of command has a military connotation, most organizations use some type of leadership hierarchy. Teachers work for the school principal, who in turn works for the school superintendent. A grocery store manager works for a district manager and ultimately for the company president. Businesses, governments, schools, clubs, and even families follow some sort of chain of command. The chain in practice. The chain functions best when people resolve issues at the lowest possible level. This ensures local leaders make the decisions affecting local issues. It also frees high-level leaders to focus on more important matters. Likewise, jumping the chain is to be avoided. This occurs when an individual takes an issue to a high-level leader without consulting their immediate superiors. The principle goes both ways. High-level commanders generally do not give directions to low-level cadets. Instead, they pass their instructions down the chain. The ladder. Think of the chain of command as a ladder. The wise person climbs and descends one step at a time. Each step represents a commander in the chain of command. Sure, in theory, you can skip a step and race up and down the ladder, but you're apt to hurt yourself in the process. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, The Chain of Command in Action June 6, 1944, D-Day It was the decisive battle in Europe during World War II, grimly but honestly depicted in the movie Saving Private Ryan. General Eisenhower had spent three years planning the invasion. Now, his job was to sit and wait. I began D-Day with light reading. Maybe a book would calm his mind. After breakfast, I met with Field Marshal Montgomery, 
Monty had no news. After all, the fighting was miles away. It was lunchtime when Ike met with the press, but he had little news to share. Ike wanted information about the brave men storming Normandy's beaches as much as the reporters did. Ike spent the afternoon pacing. He was anxious for news to make its way up the chain to him. Eventually, it was dinner time, and shortly after that, bedtime. The Supreme Commander did not issue a single command on D-Day. Chain of Command Simplified Diagrams These simplified diagrams show the main positions comprising the chain of command. They include that the grades people typically hold while serving in the various positions. The diagrams also outline some of the major duties of each position. It is not necessary to fill every cadet position. Your squadron's chain of command may vary depending on your unit size and the ranks of its cadets. You are not expected to memorize all the information on this chart, but you should know where each position fits in the chain. You'll learn more about the specifics of the chain of command in future chapters. Senior Member Positions in the Chain of Command At the top of the chain of command is the American people. America is built on democratic principles. All public institutions, including CAP, are ultimately accountable to the American people. Below the American people is the CAP Board of Governors. Created by the U.S. Congress, the Board of Governors is a committee of Air Force, CAP, and community leaders who oversee and govern CAP. Below the Board of Governors is the National Commander, Major General. The National Commander leads all CAP units. Next is Region Commander, Colonel. The Region Commander leads a handful of wings within a geographic area. Under the Region Commander is the Wing Commander, Colonel. The Wing Commander leads all the groups and squadrons in a state. Below the Wing Commander is the Group Commander, Major through Lieutenant Colonel. Groups are optional units, usually found in large states. The Group Commander leads a handful of squadrons. Next is the Squadron Commander, First Lieutenant through Lieutenant Colonel. Squadron Commanders lead CAP's hometown organizations. Squadrons are regarded as the most important units in CAP. Below the squadron commander are the cadet positions in the chain of command. At the top of the cadet chain of command is the cadet commander, cadet major through cadet colonel. Cadet commanders motivate cadets, supervise the flight commanders and first sergeant and develop their leadership skills, set long-term goals for the squadron, instruct cadets, and ensure the unit achieves its goals. Below the cadet commander, are the Cadet Deputy Commander and Cadet Executive Officer, both Cadet Majors through Cadet Lieutenant Colonels, lateral to each other. The role of the Cadet Deputy Commander is to supervise and mentor the flight commanders, assist the commander in leading the squadron, and take charge of the squadron in the commander's absence. The role of the Cadet Executive Officer is to supervise the Cadet Support Staff and manage the Cadet Corps Administrative Programs Below the Cadet Deputy Commander and Cadet Executive Officer, but not directly in their chain, are the Cadet Flight Commanders, Cadet Second Lieutenant through Cadet Captain. They report directly to the Cadet Commander. The role of the Cadet Flight Commanders are to motivate cadets, supervise the Flight Sergeant and Element Leaders and develop their leadership skills, instruct cadets, set goals and create plans for the flight. Below the Cadet Flight Commanders in the diagram, but not directly in their chain of command, is the Cadet First Sergeant, Cadet Master Sergeant through Cadet Chief Master Sergeant. The Cadet First Sergeant also reports directly to the Cadet Commander. The Cadet First Sergeant's role is to motivate cadets, 
supervise the flight sergeants and all junior cadets in the squadron, assist the commander with inspections, lead drill and ceremonies, and assist the commander with morale and discipline. Directly below the cadet flight commanders in the chain is the cadet flight sergeants, cadet staff sergeants through cadet chief master sergeants. Their role is to motivate cadets, lead cadets in drill, instruct cadets in basic subjects, and help the flight commander lead the flight. Under cadet flight sergeants are cadet element leaders, cadet airmen first class through cadet technical sergeants. The role of the cadet element leader is to motivate cadets, serve as a coach, help cadets prepare for inspection, and help teach drill. Lowest on the chain are cadet element members, cadet airmen basics through cadet technical sergeants. The role of the cadet element member is to follow directions and display personal leadership. The chain of command may look a little different depending on your squadron's size and needs. But for now notice that the cadet first sergeant, cadet executive officer, and cadet deputy commander are not in the basic cadet's direct chain of command. Section 1.4. Conclusion. Character. It is a prerequisite for leadership. How can a dishonest person be trusted to lead? Leaders must lead by example. We expect them to live the core values. This requires self-awareness, self-discipline, and a positive attitude. One's character is reflected by their actions. Therefore, CEP leaders must respect Air Force leadership traditions. Put simply, a leader wears the uniform with pride. They follow the chain of command. They are proficient in drill. And they habitually and cheerfully render military customs and courtesies. Any cadet who works hard to live the core values and respects Air Force traditions has the potential to become a good leader. Review Quiz Use this review quiz to help you study. Also pay special attention to the objectives listed throughout the chapter. They identify what we want you to learn. If you're comfortable responding to the objectives, you should earn a high score on the chapter test. 1. What is a warrior? What do they defend? 2. Name the four CAP core values. 3. Which core value can be described as doing what is right, even when no one is looking? 4. Which leadership term is defined as the ability to direct your thoughts, emotions, and actions toward a meaningful purpose? 5. Attitudes are said to be contagious. Why is this so? 6. Why does society use oaths? What does it mean to square to an oath? 7. What is the root of all military customs and courtesies? 8. Are military customs and courtesies supposed to make new cadets feel inferior? Why? 9. Is a cadet's appearance important? What, if any, effect does how you wear the uniform have on CAP? 10. What does it mean to jump the chain of command? Should jumping the chain be encouraged or avoided?